This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Our next guest is an Academy Award nominated actor for his role in As Good As It Gets. He is as good as it gets. That's what he is. And he's also starred in so many acclaimed classics. You've got mail. Little Miss Sunshine to name a few. In fact... I'm gonna ask him about some of those. And right now he is teaming up with the infallible Courtney Cox in this new show, Shining Veil, which has the most unique tone. I'm totally obsessed with it. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Greg Kinnear. Excited to see you in person. I I am loving the new show and I want to get into all of it, but of course I took a step back because I love people's bodies of work. I was wondering um, if I could ask you about um, some of your projects that we've all loved over the years. Drew Barrymore can ask me anything. Oh my gosh! I never get to work with Drew Barrymore in all my projects. That's the question. I don't understand how we never got lined up, you know? Well, there is still time. Okay, okay, there you heard it, folks. You've been in so many things that I absolutely love. Let's get into them. I'd love to be a fly on the wall in a favorite game I like to play called Behind the Scenes. Here we go. Talk soup. Oh, yes. Look at that baby face. Yes, yes. That was some hair. Uh, it was basically just a clip show where you look at all the daytime talk shows. And, and at first, it kind of started like a very straightforward show. And then we were like, well, there, there's no way we can take any of this very seriously. And <laughs> it just started to get bananas. I remember going down to Disneyland, and they ended up putting me in the Disneyland parade. So I suddenly I had ears on. And was, <laughs> Trying to be cool, sort of anti-culture talk soup guy, but when you got the ears on, that doesn't mean I don't want tickets to Disneyland. Let me be clear about that. But I, you're like I'm equal opportunity in my ears. Exactly. Okay, tell us about the incredible remake of a beloved classic with Harrison Ford and Julia Armand, Sabrina. Ah, Sabrina. Yeah, it was my first, uh, first, you know movie opportunity, we shot it actually out in Glen Cove, Long Island. I, I had this white tuxedo on half the film, and down in Long Island, the bluefish start running uh, around April or May, and I love fishing, and I would go with my pole down to the water's edge, and I'm in that white tuxedo down by the shore trying to catch bluefish, and I f- finally landed one, 
at the very moment, because they were always waiting, and they were finally like, as soon as I got it up, this, this scaly, slithery beast in my hands, they're like, Greg, we need you now. <laughs> and I go up on, uh, go up on the thing and, and covered in fish scales, and I, I got an earful from the costume department. But oh, that was, uh, that well. was my best story from Sabrina. <laughs> okay, your Oscar-nominated role, as good as it gets. Yeah. I remember going to the Oscars with, I took my parents and it was great. Uh, it was, I, you know, honestly, it's just such a blur. I didn't even know, like suddenly my mom's like, honey, how are we getting there? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> and then there was a limousine that pulled up and I looked through the window and I'm like, oh my God, this is the most horrific limousine I've ever seen. I think there was like a jacuzzi in the back of it. <laughs> and I was like, and he's bumping in, he was bumping into like the garage and trying to circumvent our driveway. And I was like, okay, there's no getting around. The show's starting in an hour. I usher my, my wife, mom and dad. My mom's like, oh, look, there's a disco ball. And <laughs> it was so mortifying because he got to the show and <laughs> I just remember thinking, why can't I have a cool car like everyone else? Because <laughs> life always throws those comedic curveballs. Yeah, I guess. Okay, you've got mail. Yeah. <laughs> Nora Ephron, I, I wasn't chosen to do the movie. Then I went and she said, can we get breakfast at, you know, EAT? Is that what it's called? Yeah, can I, a, a, it's AKA for let me get you in my web, I think. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. She was kind of, because it's such a cute little place in the upper, I think, east side. And, yes. you know, you go in there and it's like, what are, they, what are you going to do? After you sit down, I'm having a lovely breakfast with Nora. Of course, by the time I was halfway through my coffee, I'm she doing knows. a movie. Yes, because AKA Spiderweb EAT. Exactly! D-U-H. Duh! Um, I'm going to go straight into the next movie I love so much, and you are such a savior in it. You have a heart of gold in this movie, Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah. Most dangerous movie I've ever shot. It's like me driving that bus. There's no green screen. We're on a highway. There's cameras. We didn't ha own the highway, so there are people driving around just looking at us going, what the hell's going on here? So we just made it up as we went along, but that, that kind of independent guerrilla filmmaking was uh, uh, kind of a, a gem of its time. They don't do that yes, as much anymore. I love it. I want to turn the tables. I want to ask Drew Barrymore about Fever Pitch, because I always like that. Oh! Yeah. Oh. That, um, that is a very special uh, film for me because we were a part and witnessed the breaking of the curse of the Bambino. 81 years at that point, the Red Sox hadn't won. And the film was about- Were you there at that game? Yes! Oh my God. We filmed, we filmed the end of the yes. movie on the mound right. in St. Louis and, and we thought we were gonna <laughs> jinx them. We were like, oh, we're gonna be the thing that gets in the way of this team winning. And then we're filming the whole season. And then also Jimmy Fallon, who is the lead, fell in love with my producing partner, Nan, who's my yeah. best friend in the world, and yeah. now they have two kids. And it's- I didn't know that. Yes! Um, Who well knew? Who knew to get the best movie story, I would have to ask the question. <laughs> no, in fact, Anne, I want to ask you about your new project, um, Shining Veil. If it's okay, we want to go to a quick commercial break and then get the scoop from you when we come back. Okay. Obviously, the phenomenal Greg Kinnear in his 
horror comedy show, almost hard to pin it down, phenomenal tone called Shining Veil. Yes. Tell us about the show. It's on Stars, uh, just debuted on the 6th of March, and it's, uh, it's comedy and it's horror and there's a mystery in it. And it's this family in New York who are, you know, they've had this, you know, thing. My wife, America's sweetheart, Courtney Cox, has had oh, a... Uh, we love her so much. She's had an indiscretion. And... Um, yeah. Imagine. And we move out to uh, the country. I find a house $200,000 below asking, deep in Connecticut. And... Uh, Gee, I wonder why. I think, you know, hey, here's a deal. But it's just like we're in this freaky house and it's um I, I don't really see a lot of what's happening she's seeing things that i'm not seeing so i don't get to do a lot of the you know horror looks but i love the tone of yeah. this show because it's it is creepy and scary and then there's like levity i don't think so i don't either i d i believe in everything but a lot of people have are you amazed at how many people have an experience of having seen something or believe they've seen something you know, otherworldly? It sort of makes sense. It's like, you know, UFOs and aliens. Like, come on. Of course there are other life. There's other life, you know? And that's not just the E.T. in me talking. Right, like, right. You would think that that was... <laughs> I mean, as just... A, You're the only one who can say that's not just the E.T. in me talking. Listen, no one else can say that, Listen, Drew. Toots, I'm not talking <laughs> E.T. here, doll. I'm saying, as a citizen of the world... There's yeah. no way we're alone. It's not possible. So I'm open to everything. You had me at toots. Right? Yeah. I like to kick it old school. Speaking of old school, someone else that we worked with in common is Gary Marshall. Oh, yeah. um, He's a lovely man. He, he really was. He was a lovely man. Gary Marshall, so excited to talk to you. And he would have said toots. Yeah, I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. Is it true that he had a weird food combo that he really liked? He would always be on set and he'd say, uh, get me my bananas and tuna fish. And for real. And he would, he would get uh, bananas and tuna fish as his thing. And it, uh, it stayed with me my whole life. Well, and I have a feeling that something bad's Angel, happening. Angel, thank you. Oh, look how like lovely they made these. Thank you, Angel. Um, have you ever tried the banana, the nana tuna? I have not ever done this. Uh, nana before. tuna? No. Should we try it in honor of Gary? Is... I know. I'm a little nervous. I mean, really? I feel like I'm on Fear Factor. <laughs> hey, I feel a new segment coming on. All right. <laughs> Gary, I hope you're watching. Not as bad as I thought. Yeah. I do think just a, just a tiny bit of like a sour cream and a chive would also really yeah. up the game. I think this could be perfected. I do too. Okay. All right. Who knew? And yet, may I please ask you? Oh. I'm so fascinated. Oh. You like did a talk show. What did you think and feel like? Sometimes I go home at night and think, do people think, like, I ask them appropriate questions? Like, you know, I have all these questions every night. I really do. I, like, stare at... Like, should I sit on the floor when I'm talking to you? Is that going to come off weird? But it's what I'm inclined to do. Mm. 
Drew, I think you just be you, all right? And if it means getting down on the floor like this, this is what we do. My, my knees are killing me. Okay, we can, thank you. Excuse what? my tuna no. breath. Did, did you, did you, um, yeah, that, but I, no, I, you, you, you really. Because I loved uh, your talk show. That was, was a weird moment, great. wasn't it? <laughs> You really just, uh, I've never seen that before. In all the years I've seen a lot of talk shows, I've not seen anybody do the the seat to floor combo before, so that's. I would love, like, not only for you to tell me, like, how you think I'm doing in this job, but also what would Talk Soup say about this nutball of a show? Right, right, what would we do? Oh my God! We'd have a lot of good material. You wish you had me when you had Talk Soup. (laughs) You wish you had, like, a. A complete nutter butter like me. I, there, you would be useful. Yes, I would. Uh, I think I would. But I will give you this last tip, which is please. Uh, when I did my talk show, we had a book, and everybody would sign the book. Now I noticed I did not either. I was asked, you know, we don't need Greg to sign the book, or you may not have a book. I never thought to do that because we launched in the pandemic and everybody was on Zoom and nobody would come here and so. Okay, we're gonna get you a book. We're gonna get you a book. And, and here's my second piece of advice. I'll be the first one to sign your book. But here's my second piece of advice is don't, don't then finish the show and, and realize like a year later, where's the book? Because I don't have the book from all the years I did later. I, I had like a, uh, like a huge book with everybody signed it and stuff. And I'm sure I said glowing things about me. And I, I, never, I never found the book. So That's interesting. I just found an article about this woman who has become a treasure huntress. Maybe I need to call her and see if she can help us track it down. Really? Yes, I just found this woman. So she can find like That's what she any, does. anything? That's you put what her on she any- does. Oh, God, I got a, a lot of jobs for her, man. <laughs> well, I think we know mission number one. I'm yeah. going to get the book. I'm going to find this woman, see if we can find your old book. And now that we know each other, we can be friends. Okay, very good. I love it. <laughs> Shining Veil is available for streaming on Stars and the Stars app. It is so awesome. And so are you. We'll be right back. Thank you. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert, and I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. And how long have you been the, the producer of this? We've been doing this for two years now. Okay, and and what is it like to attempt to uh, get feedback from me about the podcast? Be honest about how quickly I respond to emails. You actually respond to emails surprisingly fast. Really? I, I think you might be the only person I respond to. <laughs> I respond to quickly. Oh well, that's good. Yeah. I expected I expected you to lay into me. Well, this was over the strike period. Oh, I had time. Yeah. See, that, that does that doesn't count. <laughs> sure, I responded to everything because responding to you putting reruns up on the podcast was like a form of employment. Yeah. And I felt like I had something to get up for every yeah. day. So thank you for that. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.